welcome back and welcome to Dark Alignment Podcast. I am Brittany. And I'm Rick Rose. And we are a true crime astrology podcast. This is episode two of season two, uh, but it's actually our 14th episode. Technically, technically, this is our 15th episode because this is our second time recording this particular one. We did this like two weeks ago and we lost everything Mm -hmm. for different reasons. Yeah, we had had five or six different technical issues that like... Some could have been prevented, some couldn't have. So there was just no saving it. We were not meant to put that one out. We really tried so hard to get you guys, you know, we're trying to get more on a regular schedule, get you guys some more regular content, and as soon as we tried to do that, you know, we kind of had some universe uh, happenings that prevented us from, like, getting things done how we wanted to. So apologies for that. Uh, That's Um, also why it looks a little different if you're watching on YouTube today. Um, we are double recording this one. Um, Lesson learned. I borrowed my sister's fancy camera. We're recording um, yeah, on a stack of books. <laughs> and we're recording. Uh, she does photography, if anyone was um, wondering. Uh, and she's a graphic designer. Um, and we have another stack of books for the mic over here. Uh, we have our regular setup as well going. Um, There's so pictures of the setup and like just how janky it is right now. Check it out. Check on it Instagram. out on our Instagram. It's it's pretty comical. Oh god, um, it's getting the job done. Here we are. Um, but you can also find us, like I said, on Instagram, social media. We're at Dark Alignment. I'm at Brit Brit underscore Oakley, mm-hmm. and I'm at Aruka Rose. So I guess we'll go ahead and get into the story. Um, so this week, uh, this. This actual story and the research component took a lot more time than normal because this is a little bit more of an obscure story. It's not like heavy hitter, uh, which is kind of what we normally do, but it is a really interesting heavy hitter. Yeah, heavy hitter. Punch moves. I hardly know her. Yeah, no, this is a story that like when I heard it, it just, I found it so fascinating and so like crazy um, that we had to cover it. So this is the story of Brittany Norwood and the murder of Jaina Murray. But you might actually know it more commonly as the Lululemon murder. So I'm going to go ahead and get into citations here. There's a long list, so bear with me. Like I said, I had to go through a lot of sources to find um, details on this case and details on both the victim and the offender yes, here. Yes, she needs a lot of credit for finding all of this information. It was not easy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of hard to find the specific things that I wanted to know. Like, I usually have a pretty uh, structured format in what I present to you guys as far as information goes. This is going to be a little different just because there wasn't a lot of early childhood information about either one of these people. So, uh, citations. WJLA.com, WUSA.com, 9news.com, Murderpedia, which is fantastic. Uh, businessinsider.com, Washington Post, Seattle Times, hexfilescollective.com, and Wikipedia. So please donate to Wikipedia if you have not before, if it's a, if it's a platform that you use for any form of research or even just self-education. Um, it is like only based in donations, so to keep that platform alive, like there's tons of great info there. I use it all the time, so I try to, I try to make sure I donate once a year. Um, just, you know, fighting the good fight, I guess. <laughs> So, this was kind of like, the reason the story was really salacious is it's like very, very violent. So, we're going to trigger warning. Um, This is a fucked up story, and the yoga pants are overpriced. So, two things to be very aware of. Uh, (laughs) So, the aggressor in this 
case was a very small in stature female, which was like part of what made people want to pay attention to it. And because it involved rich and popular yoga pants, uh, everybody's kind of like really paying attention to it. Um, so you may be asking yourselves, what the fuck is Lululemon? I don't know what that even is and what you're saying right now. It's kind of how I felt. I had to do a lot of research about it. Um, I actually did a whole adventure where I went to Lululemon. She did. She There's a local one. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, against the rules, I took video in there and like, um, they were playing some garbage music and I like walked around listening to that super shitty music. Um, I took pictures of myself holding like 38... 38- dollar pairs of socks and like it was crazy mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure the management was on to me they knew i didn't belong there um but yeah I'll, we'll post some of those pictures too when we release the episode because i was having a heyday in there um having so much fun just like be like mocking it and being like what the fuck is this yeah. so it's like a culty athletic brand <laughs> and like these super some of the stuff is nice though i have to say so i do have a pair of lululemon shorts you know what she wore them in the last episode we wore yoga clothes <laughs> we did and we were we were really on theme and everything last time but we it tried just, it wasn't meant to be um but yeah the running shorts that i have from them i don't run anyway but i wouldn't run in these shorts they're extremely short uh they show a lot uh like they're 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 not good for running also um, probably not great for yoga either I don't know. Are they? No, I wouldn't wear them. I don't wear them to yoga. I don't wear them to pole. I don't wear... I sleep in them. Oh, so <laughs> if you're looking for some nice, expensive sleep shorts, overpriced sleep shorts are available. Maybe if I, went with, um, if I like went running with someone else with really short shorts on or something, maybe then the, see, I'd feel a little more comfortable. I'm a runner. Place. I'm not running in shorts. I do not have a thigh gap. I feel it's like I'm going to be murdered. for me. I feel like if I, wear, if I show too much skin and I'm out in the... In the world, I'm gonna just get murdered. So I, I, oh. I feel like I—they're probably—I would probably be murdered. They're probably murder shorts. See, I'm only concerned with like thigh <laughs> chafing. Not, you know, I'm always concerned about being murdered, no matter what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those shorts, thigh problems. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a not thigh gap girl. So that's, I'm, I'm what they call bottom heavy. So. Oh <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah. Super culty. Uh, the one I went to felt really culty. It's, um, you know, it's like weird vibes. And the people working there, I guess, like, who have described it, say it's kind of like being in a cult because they have to go to these, like, training things, like seminars that are kind of weird. And the founder is also kind of known for saying some some bullshit about women's bodies, which I'm, I'm sure not a fan sure. of. Um, very, very body positive. I can't handle body shaming. Um, I'm a very much a love the skin you're in, love yourself kind of person. Yes. So I don't really, like, I think that's pretty fucking gross to, like, make comments about women's bodies. Um, he was profit off of it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's part of his brand. Um, he was also quoted as saying that birth control causes breast cancer and leads to divorce. Um, he says that... It's a good look. Here, here we go. This is, I feel personally uh, attacked and victimized by this uh, statement here. He said that their you yoga pants it. don't work for women whose thighs touch. Which I'm like, <laughs> what? you know what? The majority, I feel like, do. So, he's dumb. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty rude. Um, so, they also do sponsorships and, like, ambassadorships for people. So, like, if you promote them, like, they're, I know, like, yoga instructors do that a mm-hmm. lot, where they're, like, sponsored by Lululemon. Yeah. 
um, and they like wear all their clothes and like take pictures of it. So they do kind of um, that sort of thing too. They have fitness events inside of the stores, which mm-hmm. is interesting because I remember seeing emails. About, yeah, we've. I've, yeah, I haven't been, but I'm not. No, I've I've only been in to there one time with one goal, and that was just because I needed the experience. Well, the events are actually closer here. I'll have to tell you more about it later. Okay, all right. We're going to talk about the events on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, they will be, um, every time we do an episode now, we're doing a bonus Patreon. Yes, episode. we are. So check, get on the Patreon. Please support us. We've been putting some good stuff out there. Yes. Like, I really love that we've been doing, like, kind of uh, side thoughts on the case. Like, I've been doing a lot of, like, theories. I'm going to start mm-hmm. doing more where I'm going to talk about Basically, criminal psychology. She's a criminal psychologist. She's like... Not... Well, okay. She's, this yeah. is a technicality. I'm a student of criminal she's psychology. She's about... She's about I'm done, very though. close. She's yeah. I mean, that last semester of my biochem degree, I'm like, I'm a biochemist. I have like two classes I left. haven't stepped into that space yet, but you know, um, I definitely uh, would love to share some of that a little bit more closely with the Patreon people who want to kind of dive a little bit deeper. I try to give you a little bit, you know, surface mm-hmm. level... Uh, criminology, psychology stuff. Lots of good stuff on there. Yeah, so check that out if you're interested. Um, but more about this weird Lululemon yes, vibe. Yes, go ahead. So the fitness stuff, the employees are uh, required to go um, to these events as well, which feels like a sorority feels, to me. Yeah. Like that, they make you go to the fundraiser if you don't come. That's like not you're, cool. You're punished and yelled at and yeah. And, like, it's just, and, like, the employees say that the trainings and all their weekend seminars and stuff, and they're highly encouraged to, like, keep going to them, that it's really intense, which I'm sure. Uh, And then they also have some stupid mantras. So, one of them, let's see what it is. Uh, Elevating the world from mediocrity to greatness. Like, y'all, you make yoga pants, but sure. Um, The employees are trained to, to, like, listen to other people and, like, gain information from them like it kind of like sell a little bit yeah. more so it's very salesy i felt that mm-hmm. while i was in there and then um also if you miss a sale because someone like recognizes that it's garbage and um they don't want it you get pulled aside and like they're actually like eavesdropping on each other's sales pitch i mean like oh my hey God. amy you know i i saw what happened with timmy and I really want to talk about it. Like, let's let's have a like a team huddle real fast. I couldn't do that. Like, someone I can sell if I need to. I guess like I have before, but it has to be something I want to sell first of all. Second, <laughs> like having somebody like my coworkers eavesdropping on me talking to somebody mm-hmm. all the time. That would I would have I have social anxiety, man. So, like I can't. No. I had a great story. <laughs> I did have a job like this once. Really? I in a retail store. Hey. And it was the worst. I worked there for, like, a couple of months. And one night, I had fucking had it. And I told the manager that I would not be returning. I was like, and... What did you say? And she was like, is this your two weeks notice? And I was like, no, no, this is, like, my... I'm done, I'm just not going to come back. (laughs) So, I hope to tell you more about it. I love it. It was so weird. And it was awful. Um, I did, I did make pretty good money there, though. Like, I was, I was decently good at it, but I really hated it. Patreon story. Patreon story at that time I worked in like weird culty retail. So yeah, thank you for taking Quit this. cult retail, got it. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. go ahead. It's a good story. Okay, so now we're gonna go ahead and start talking about two individuals. Uh, we're gonna talk about Brittany Norwood first, who, spoiler alert, she's a murderer. Um, so she was described in the media as a well-educated 29-year-old. 
And most of what the public knows about her comes from firsthand accounts and a little bit from, like, social media. But she wasn't super active on social media. Mm-hmm. So she was a hardcore athlete, actually, and was really talented. She was very petite, though, which I find really interesting. She was only five foot tall, so that's oh, wow. pretty small, even, like, for a female. That's, that's Pretty a, small for a murderer. Pretty small for a murderer. <laughs> I believe the average height of a female uh, in America is, like, 5'4". Yes. So I think. I don't know where I'm pulling that from. I'm just, I've, like, my memory. I've looked that up at, uh, like, re- more recently. That's right. Because I knew that I'm, I've always known I'm above average height. And I'm right at female. it. So, yeah. I'm 5'3 I'm, I'm and 3 quarters. I'm 5'7", so I'm a little bit taller. Um... But yeah, so she's pretty pretty small. Like she's like more than half a foot smaller than me when I think about that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like little. She was petite, but also she's like pretty much a badass. That um, she played for Stony Brook University's women's soccer team. She really excelled at the sport. She made all league teams uh, twice. I guess that's a big fucking deal. I don't really know. Um, it's some soccer shit. And then she was named uh, the Defensive Most Valuable Player one season. She was given Dang. conference honors. She earned a spot on some fancy team. I wrote it down. Let's see. NSCAA Adidas All-Northwest Region Team. So if that <laughs> means anything to you, like, uh, get excited right now because apparently it's important. Um, and then one of her coaches, this is really funny to me. I think it's really telling. Mm-hmm. One of her coaches, like, summed her up in one statement, and he said, Brittany hates losing more than she likes winning, which is uh, very interesting. Um, and then her former teammates had some opinions, too. And uh, they definitely were not shy about expressing those opinions to the media when all of this went down. Evelyn is making all kinds of noise. Oh, baby Evelyn. I feel like I need to take her collar off. She's very jingly today. Uh, we'll see how it goes. She's being pretty good for her. She's being a troublemaker. Anyway, so uh, her teammates said about her that she was a liar and a thief, and everybody said you had to watch your back when she was around, keep your locker locked because she's been known to steal stuff. So she was like the team klepto. And, of course, that's not a great way to make friends. Uh, so this caused a lot of strain of all the relationships with her teams, like, you know, it's one of those things, it's like being the girl that's like one of the best players on the team, but at the same time, the most hated. Like, I it, I feel like it's kind of backwards from what you would expect. Like, I feel like usually on a team, like, the most valuable player is somebody that everybody, like, admires and looks up to and is like, you know, how hard they work. It doesn't seem to be the case here because she's just... Uh, not a very good, nice person, um, and stealing from people is not cool. Mm-hmm. She was also very aggressive. She was aggressive, I guess, in the gym, too. So yeah. she was, you know, <laughs> strong. Definitely. Which is great. I mean, I love a strong female. I love that strong female energy. But this was kind of, like, toxic in a way. This was, like, mm-hmm. um, her masculine energy out of balance almost, where it, like, kind of became toxic for her, it seems like. And she also had a really bad temper. Uh, she was a gaslighter. Absolutely. A uh, major gaslighter. Um, like one time on a on a flight home, like literally, she's on a plane. You can't escape, and they're coming from Europe, which is not a short flight. Her team, one of her teammates, accuses her of trying to steal a purse from under the seat. Literally, you're in a confined fucking plane, um, and the girl like starts yelling. She's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And everybody's like, "What's happening?" And they're like, "Brittany just tried to take my purse." Okay, so on a plane. Coming back from Europe with her entire team, 
And this bitch really has the nerve to gaslight the fuck out of her teammates because she thinks it's a good idea, what mid-flight, to steal one of her teammates' purses like nobody's going to notice. And, of course, she gets caught. One of her teammates starts, like, causing a scene on the plane. Yelling, on the plane. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, you know, whenever it gets everybody's attention and she flat-out accuses Brittany and says, you tried to take my purse. And, of course, Brittany stands up and is like, no, what are you talking about? You're crazy, which is complete bullshit and, like, really pisses me off. So she, this is the kind of person she is. Moving on to the next section, bitch is broke as fuck. Um, and this is, like, in court records. Before any of, like, the crime itself that we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. took place, she actually um, was living a very broke bitch lifestyle. She struggled a lot financially. Um, are you ready for details on this? Because they're pretty interesting on just how poor and unpopular she was. Uh, New York State filed a civil suit against her because she was so far in default on her student loans. She owed <laughs> nearly $20,000, so that's not great. Even her former hairdresser, this story made me sad. This was one of the things that, like, this was a pretty deep uh, dig to find this. Like, just Mm -hmm. basically people telling their personal accounts of, like, experiences with her. Her hairdresser wrote a blog about it. So, like, that's just how shitty she was. Apparently, Brittany ordered some imported hair and received a full weave. So, her hair was probably, like, gorgeous Mm -hmm. and amazing. He uh, was pretty classy about the whole thing with the way he wrote it. But at the end of her service... She claimed someone in the salon had stolen her money out of her wallet. Of course. He wrote about it, and he wrote, like, I was devastated. It was, like, a really sad... He wasn't coming from a place of anger. He was coming from a place of, like, I was so disappointed. And, Mm -hmm. like, I really wanted to hug him. He seemed very genuine. Um, And then Brittany, on top of that, promised to return... she's affecting real people's lives. Like, Mm -hmm. it's... And she promised to return with the money, too. And, of course, she never did. Mm -hmm. Um... And then another time, her landlord had to take her to court because she didn't play rent. Play rent? Pay rent. She didn't play or pay any rent for, for a hot minute. Wow. Um, so she's not great with finances. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about Brittany Norwood, uh, the aggressor in our case. So now we're going to kind of shift over and we're going to talk about Jaina Murray. She's a vastly different energy than what we uh, are getting from Brittany, which is funny. In the original episode, I guessed her sun and moon, and mm. guessed it correctly based on um, just the energy. Oh, yeah, right. I, I was, like, not really paying attention to and Yeah, you did. And the last time we recorded, um, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And then she goes, uh, is it this and this? And I was like, and it I was is. right. Mm-hmm. I was right. I was really impressed. And then no one ever uh, <laughs> No one's going to be able to witness that. So, except, except for me. Except for you. So, and, and the camera that ate our souls. Um, so anyway, we're going to talk quickly about Jaina. So she was a 30-year-old grad student at John Hopkins University. She is described by everybody who knew her as being like bright, loving, compassionate, intelligent. Uh, she was really adventurous. She liked to have fun. She was very devoted to her family, so like people really loved her. She uh, actually, one of her favorite things to do, like adventure-wise, was bungee jumping. So she was like a little adrenaline junkie. And uh, her father described her as the most fearless person that he had ever known, which is so sweet. Mm. Um, And then her mom said, this is a direct quote from her mother, people have always commented that it was her smile and it was her hugs. Whether she knew you for two seconds or two years, 
those were her greetings. She wanted people to feel comfortable and happy. So Jane mm-hmm. is like really got a sweet energy to her. Um, always happy and smiling, had lots of friends, outgoing. It just makes the story like it's a tragic story anyway, but when you just hear about her character and like how much people loved her. And also, even more awful is Jaina was two months away from earning her MBA. And that was, like, her goal. And she's going to start a whole new chapter of her life. Um, fucking horrible. School is torturous. And, like... I can say, getting yeah. Getting that close to... Oh, my God. Like, if somebody murdered me right now, I would need to avenge it, like, based on the fact that <laughs> I was so you. close. She'll haunt you real bad. Yeah, I will. I will haunt you. Don't murder me. <laughs> so, it's just, like... It's really shitty for a lot of reasons, but, like, if you just think about, she's probably working at Lululemon Mm part-time, and she was, like, management position, so she's, you know, worked her way up. It's a decent job to have, especially if you're into, like, adventure and, like, Mm -hmm. sports, athletics, and that's kind of, like, the culture Mm -hmm. and, like, a good, and she's so close to being able to quit that job and, you know, move into a whole different role, but, of course, the whole trajectory of her life she went. had no way of knowing this was gonna happen to her so now we're gonna talk about just how intense yoga pants can really be in case you <laughs> didn't know um so the night of the killing we've got Brittany and we've got Jaina and they close the store together and then they each leave separately so it's like okay end of the night but then Brittany actually lured Jaina back to the store Um, And then there was a horrible, horrible crime that happened once they got inside. So trigger warning, we're going to start getting into some rough shit. And this is a really, really brutal crime. I'm not going to go super, like, graphic on you guys. But it's it's definitely really fucked up. So just kind of brace yourself a little bit. Um, It was cold and calculated because... Brittany told Jaina that she forgot her wallet in the store and that that it was like an emergency. Like, we got to go back. I, I forgot this. And, of course, Jaina was really sweet. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, okay, I've got a key. I'll meet you. I'll meet you back up there doing you a favor. So they go up there. She's going to unlock the door really quick, you know, being nice. And then Brittany just full-on attacks her. So um, she uses more than five different weapons. And they were not, like, she's not using guns, knives, Mm -hmm. traditional weapons. She's actually just using shit she's finding around the store that are there. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute and list out like all the things she used. But we're going to kind of jump timelines real quick. And we're going to work backwards to the discovery of the crime. So this was kind of like the precursor of like how they got there. And now we're going to go ahead and we're cutting to another section called it's Brittany, bitch. <laughs> She's ready for the role of a lifetime. Ugh, I hate her so much. Okay, so the next morning, uh, an employee shows up to open the store, just like normal, and Brittany was actually found bound with rope and bloodied, and then, of course, Jaina was deceased and laying in a pool of her own blood. And uh, Brittany appeared to be very traumatized by it all, she had um, a cut, like a like a slit in the crotch of her pants, so it looked, you know, like there was possibly a sexual assault or something of that nature. She never opened her eyes or anything when the officers arrived on scene, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, that she was just kind of like laying there, like I don't know if she was playing dead or what she was doing. Um, but when the officers like spoke to her, she like jumped up like a like a jolted 
it just felt very unnatural. That was one of the mm-hmm. things that, like, the cops commented on that. That was kind of odd. That um, weird. Like, oh, you you startled me. Like, you woke me up from my nap. Like, it was kind of that energy. Um, but she initially told police that the two of them were attacked by two men. So, you know, she's like, I'm right. a witness. I'm a victim, too. Like, it was just terrible. And tells them this story. Um, that two men entered the store after they were closing. And then she tells them that the attacker sexually assaulted her. And kind of, okay, next level. Next level on the next sexual level. assault shit uh, trigger here. She claimed that she was assaulted with a wooden clothes hanger. And it's super fucked up because we know she's fucking lying about it. Right, like, they're going to test her. Like, she, I don't know how she didn't think of that. I mean, I do know, but look at her chart. And it's just like, <laughs> bitch, what is wrong with you? Like, that's such a fucked up, that's, that's the first, that's her go-to. Like, it mm-hmm. just, and it makes me wonder, like, how long was she laying in the floor mm-hmm. after all this, like, thinking about what she was going to say, and that's where she, her mind went? It's mm-hmm. just really gross. Um, and, of course, like you said, medical examiners, they're going to do their fucking job and mm-hmm. do a rape kit and see, oh, there's nothing going on here. Like, I don't know if she just thought they were going to take her word for it. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, neither victim. Luckily, neither victim had any sexual assault. Um, and then Brittany claimed that the attackers had already killed Jaina before they did this to her. Um, anyway, the like, they only confirmed injuries were really superficial. Small wounds on her arms, face, mm-hmm. torso, legs, other extremities. Um, and then there was one very suspicious wound on her right hand. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, a stabbing wound mm-hmm. very commonly. Uh, if it's not a self-defense wound, you know, it's, uh, commonly wounds on your hand. Yeah. It's gonna be, like, from a knife plunging or a sharp object plunging backwards into your hand uh, during, like, the stabbing. If you think of, like, oh it's God. like a... I didn't even think of that. Yeah. It's, it's very common. That's one of the things really? that, when they arrest somebody, and that's one of the things they do look at if you're a murder suspect, oh. they want to look at, oh, you have a cut on your hand. What happened there? If it's a stabbing, yeah, that's a very common, uh... Injury because if you think, think about the knife coming in and you think about how many times somebody is doing that, yeah, and like the force and like I'm sure that ha, like, ha, like it's like stabbing meat, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's not easy. It does, it's not like stabbing and every it's like in the heat <laughs> of everything and then you're being yeah wow and you're thinking the blood and it's slippery oh. and you're oh. repeatedly doing that motion yeah so I've never put that much thought into it I watch a lot of true crime I'm, I'm glad that you're here to educate on the, on I, I know a lot I just happen to I have a lot of exposure uh, <laughs> it comes with the territory because uh, like again like I I love um, several other true crime podcasts and some of them are a little bit more investigatory mm-hmm. based and Paul Holes specifically <laughs> the apple of my eye <laughs> talks a lot um about about that those types of injuries and, and gives some great detail he was a homicide detective who shout out solved the golden state killer case after it had been cold for 40 years with familial dna wow. so yeah he's like paul holes is incredible love love the podcast that he does with billy jensen so shout out to them mm-hmm. and the murder squad they're great um anyway going back to the story here so Big problem after, like, adding on to, like, the superficial injuries, mm-hmm. the cut on her hand. There's more problems here because uh, there's only two sets of footprints in the store. She claimed that there were four people there. So that's interesting that only mm-hmm. two of them would have, there would only be evidence that two people had been there. Um, so Brittany's footprints were there and then a random set of footprints 
footprints, <laughs> footprints. Goodness, I can't talk tonight. Um, from a pair of shoes that were found inside the store. So they're like, mm-hmm. right. yeah. yeah. So they're actually not shoes mm-hmm. anybody wore in there. They're literally just like her weapon choices sitting in the store. So, also, Jaina's car had been moved, which was odd. That is very weird. And it had Brittany's blood in it, which she had a story to to tell the cops to kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, minimize any guilt that they might have or any suspicion they might have. Um, So she told them that the assailants ordered her to repark the car, which had... (laughs) Makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Um, It had been sitting outside the front of the store. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess plausibly maybe they would... I don't see why they'd be concerned with that. Um, Realistically, I feel like this is a bad story. We know it's not true, but it's a bad story. Like, um, But yeah, she said that they told her to be back in 10 minutes or they'd kill her. Wow. If somebody told me that, I'd be getting in that fucking car and driving off. Especially since she said that Jaina was killed first. And her story... That would have been her chance to escape and get help. But so it's just like a stupid story. It doesn't make any sense. But sure. Mm-hmm. So for several days, she kept lying to the police and her family, telling everybody her story mm-hmm. about these intruders that came in. Uh, the evidence is going to tell a very different story, though. Um, and everybody was freaking out in the area, too. Like other retailers, other merchants in the area were like, you know, that's very mm-hmm. scary to think that people are breaking in and wanting to attack your employees or rob you or whatever it is. Like, it had everybody kind of on high alert, um, which is which is interesting. So, people are, like, amping up their security. And then, finally, um, an employee from the Apple store that was nearby came forward and said on the night of the murder that um, he could hear two women yelling and screaming. And he heard one of them say, oh, God, please help me. Which is awful. Also, he didn't call for help, which is, I'm sure he felt awful about it. Now, yeah, after the fact. Uh, but, you know, that would have been nice if, if that would have happened. I don't know if anybody could have stopped this, it, but still. <sighs> but everybody was really scared about the story in the downtown area, and it was like mm-hmm. a high end area. It's like a fancy ass Lululemon region of. <laughs> so it's. People right. aren't expecting this type of crime to happen there. Uh, so, like, they have, they now are hiring security guards, like, walking employees to their cars at night and taking extra precautions. And mm-hmm. citizens um, were, like, being mindful, too. And it, they offered a reward for more than $150,000 to catch these intruders. So, that's all going on. Let's flash back now. Let's jump timelines again to what really fucking happened that night. Mm-hmm. So let's leave fantasy land. We're going to move right back into reality. Um, because at some point, the timeline is a little bit confusing. I had to put a lot of sources together to try to piece this whole timeline of events together. And mm-hmm. I still had some confusion. I couldn't find anything that was like definitive. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Jaina found some yoga pants from the store in Brittany's bag. And it's a retail thing. You have to do a purse check. Yeah. Um, I did it when I worked at that horrible retail store I was talking about. But it's like, even if you're the manager, like the employee, like if you're closing, you both have to look in each other's bags, any shift. Like it's a whole thing in retail to like prevent uh, theft internally. So it's a deal. And of course, Brittany knows this. You know that that's a thing. You always know that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Like I knew after every shift that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not like they're going to forget 
So it's kind of dumb as fuck that she was thought she could steal his pants. And of course, Jaina sees them, asks her for a receipt, and Brittany's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, girl, I got that. I got that receipt. Um, let's go look it up in the computer. Oh, because I, I actually misplaced it. And it's not in the system. Everything's done by a SKU number. It like, you know, it tells you mm-hmm. how much inventory you have of everything. Like, girl, you work there. You should fucking know this. But sure. She really, I guess it's kind of like impulsive. Like, it seems like she couldn't resist doing this. It was almost like with how often that she stole, yeah. partially it seems financial, but partially it also seems like just a compulsion and just a thing she wanted to do. Yeah, I think she, yeah, I agree. Like, kind of enjoyed it. Like, she can't, you know, it's like when you don't have the means to reach your goals or get the things that you want and, like, in, in a way that's, like, acceptable. So, mm-hmm. finding your own alternate route to get what you want, that can lead to a lot of crime. And it did for her. And it also might have been a thrill thing for her. I'm not quite sure. Um, But from what I can gather, this whole incident happened earlier in the night. And Brittany was like worried she'd be in trouble for it. Jane had already talked to the manager about it. So she was going to be in trouble. And it wasn't like it was a secret that was going to stay between them. And that she could convince her to not say it. But that makes, I think that's probably why she wanted to meet her up at the store. And be like, hey, uh, like maybe they tried to talk it out. And mm-hmm. Jada was like maybe told her this is me speculating, yeah. but I could see a conversation going down where it's like, uh, no, sorry, like I already reported it. That's my job, you know. And like, yeah, exactly. Like it's not. We don't really know what happened. We don't know why. We don't under know that conversation. We have no way of knowing because Brittany has never been, to my knowledge, has been forthcoming about that. Um, but what we do know is that trigger warning. Brittany bludgeoned, choked, and stabbed Jaina to death, and she used, like I said, five different weapons. She inflicted a total of 331 separate stab wounds. That's insane. Like, when I, we were talking about earlier, like, the mm-hmm. stabbing motion. Can you, at 300 plus times? That's insane. Wow. Like, to think about the rage, like, no, knowing how... Angry and aggressive that that this girl, and also how small she was, and just mm-hmm. thinking about her, just like going full primal, like it, it's really a disturbing thought. Um, but it sounds like she just flew into like blind rage at this point, and they weren't even real weapons. Once again, it's just shit from the store. And so here's the list: she used a hammer, ugh, a wrench, a knife. She did use a knife, a rope. And a peg from, like, a mannequin, like a mannequin leg, like, they're, yeah, that you put the plastic pieces on. So, that's super fucked. Um, the blows to Jaina's head were too numerous to count. So, uh, her skull was fractured, her spinal cord uh, was severed, and the wound, like, extended all the way through her neck. So, it was, oh like, God. when you think I about, I wonder like, how many she lived through, you know? God. Like. Ugh. Yeah, there's I don't there's no way of or at least without you right. know autopsy reports and going really deep. Mm-hmm. You actually do have to pay. Like there's I could access those. We'd have to pay for it. So like uh-huh. if our Patreon got to the point where we could like support some additional research because there's actually a lot of like archive um, articles and things that you can't access without wow. and like and accessing some court records are like that too. Like that sometimes records so are sealed amazing. and you can get mm-hmm. access to sealed court records. Which is pretty cool. 
Um, That's on y'all. Come on. <laughs> Help us out if you want that. I would love to be able to kind of go a little deeper and make sure, like, anything that's going in a court document is going to be cleared as factual. Mm -hmm. And I would feel personally, like, a lot more mm -hmm. proud to present you guys with that level of fact versus mm -hmm. me going through, like, 12 sources and, like, doing the best I can to, like, piece it together. Um, but, you know, we're doing, we're working with what we got around here, clearly, especially <laughs> with technology. We just use what we have, y'all. We're innovative we as fuck around here at Dark Alignment. We just did a whole lot of y'alls. whole lot of y'alls. I'm all about y'alls. <laughs> I don't mean to be. Damn it. Being from the South is rough. I almost said y'all again. Uh, <laughs> so, her skull was fractured, spinal cord is severed, her head was like, they couldn't figure out how many wounds she had. That's it's just so bad. She sustained quite a beating. Um, and then after, so after the attack, mm -hmm. after Brittany does all this, then she moves Jaina's car from the front of the store because it was double parked. So that was going to draw attention. Like somebody was going to actually, you know, because if you think about it, she mm -hmm. pulled up on the curb to like run in and get a wallet real quick. She wasn't trying right. to stay there and hang out with Brittany all night, yeah. you know? Um but it also, like, moving that car from the time that anybody found them, she had 10 hours to stage her crime scene, which is exactly what she did. And, like I mentioned, that pair of shoes earlier that was found uh, inside the store, it was a pair of size 14 Reebok tennis <laughs> shoes. Brittany puts these on. And mind you, again, she's five foot tall. Her shoe size is probably size yeah. six, yeah. size seven at the most. And she's putting on size 14 Reebok tennis shoes and tromping around the fucking store, which is embarrassing to think about. Um, and it's also, like, fucked up and gross. Wow. She actually walks through Jaina's blood to, like, I'm sure. try to make the footprints, yeah. which is just so, like, oh, so gross and disrespectful. And then after she does this, she gives herself some cuts and wounds and she ties herself mm -hmm. up. And then she just, like, lays down on the floor. And wow. she's like, cool, this is what, this is my plan now. And the pictures, which I got them in the photo gallery. The, Perfect. The pictures of her, when the police took them, of her, like, laying in the floor and shit. Mm -hmm. with, like, she's she's made sure she's in, like, a weird state of, like, half dress. Like, she's wearing this, like, like a sports bra mm -hmm. and, like, the pants that she had cut. And her hands are just, so, her hands are tied and she's got them over her head. Nobody put them there. She's laying there with her hands. Just because. So it's kind of like you could put them anywhere. Girl, they're not. It just, it, it had a lot of stagedness yeah. to it. So now we're going to jump over to the investigation portion and the trial. Right. And of course, like I said, police were immediately suspicious of Brittany just because, again, of how she was tied up and the wounds and just some of the evidence. Uh, they thought she had done it to herself, but they wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt, which was great on their part, you know, and she was being cooperative. They did, you know, it's one of those things you don't ever want to assume a victim is lying. Mm -hmm. You want to right. encourage people to come forward because there are so mm -hmm. many crimes that are unreported for that fact that people think like, oh, no one's going to believe me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like excellent police protocol to let the evidence do the talking and not necessarily like I suspect Absolutely. you and then try to form evidence to mm -hmm. make that true. So this was good police work, I have to say. Um, she went into detail with them, telling them her story once again. Uh, and she adds some pretty gross fucking inflammatory shit to it. 
One of the things that really pissed me off, I really hate this made me cringe, but I'm going to say it because mm-hmm. it's so cringeworthy. Um, the cops wanted to know, like, why, why didn't the assailants kill you? Like, why did they kill Jaina and not you? Like, yeah. what did you do? And she goes, oh, I was fun to fuck. So she, she deserved to live, I guess, because Which, she was just uh-huh. such a great... And, oh, she added that, that they called her, the masked men called her a dirty slut, you know, and, and other racial terms. I like how she has to, like, pump her own ego uh-huh. within this, like, uh-huh. dang. Also, fun to fuck. Just put that on your Tinder profile, bitch. Like, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, she also claimed these racial slurs against her. She's African American, so mm-hmm. that was kind of like she's adding more inflammatory stuff to this. Uh, and then she said that they, like, pushed her onto Jaina's body. Like, she's just kind of adding a lot of things that are, like, outlandish to kind of... Mm-hmm. I, I don't really know what her strategy with this is, but it's just, like, making the story more fucked up. Maybe so they would believe her. I don't know why she thought that would make it more believable or what her deal was. It's gross. It just makes her seem more depraved with every fake detail she's providing. So... It does. She was also really emotional when she was talking to police, which is interesting. So she's deceptive. She can easily drop some emotions, which is kind of impressive. Um, so she does have emotions, but she seems to use them in a very manipulative way, mm-hmm. which is gross. Um, which actually, I think I just remembered what my guess was for mm-hmm. her you, sun and moon. Do you want to try guess it again? See if you remember. I feel like. For Brittany? Mm-hmm. I feel like it was Gemini Sun Aries Moon. Oh, right. so close. Uh, I think so that's close? the same guess. Okay. I think that's the same guess. Okay, was that? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I felt, because it is, again, like, the, her being able to drop the emotions, but in a very specific way, and just kind of with other characteristics of her, I was like, yeah, I feel that pretty <laughs> strong. Yeah, I, I actually don't remember what it really was, so... That, that, t- we'll reveal that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay with us. Um, so, she's, uh, telling the police this story. She's being emotional about it. She's claiming that the attackers also looked at her ID mm-hmm. and that they know her address and that they, uh, made threats against her family. So she's, like, basically telling them, like, I'm putting myself in danger by, uh, testifying and telling you things. Not testifying, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, giving you a statement. Um, and her family, of course, was so concerned because they are thinking, like, my yeah. daughter was attacked, my daughter was a victim. Like, like oh my no family is immediately going to no. uh, think otherwise, even if their daughter is, like, known for being a klepto or something. Like, they don't know her for being a violent person. So, just, just aggressive. <laughs> Those are not the same thing. You can be aggressive and not be violent. Uh, so, interesting stuff. So... Everything, uh, they, they are still viewing her, the police, as a victim until they get a follow-up interview with her. Mm-hmm. And they, to get her to come back to the station again for a follow-up, they roost her there and they were like, hey, we need to take your fingerprints and hair samples because we need to distinguish between yours and what was left by the suspects. Mm-hmm. So she's like, all right. So she goes in, she's cooperative, she tells them her story one more time, which again, it's very stupid and doesn't make sense. <laughs> Um, she had, so, she'd been talking to her brother, but police had a video, like, audio recording of this conversation, so I don't know if he was at the police station, I don't know how they obtained this, but I did find in one of my sources that, uh, it was just, like, an off-the-cuff conversation where her brother goes, 
did she accuse you of stealing? Is that what all this is about? Oh, and he Brittany knew. said, he and Brittany said, I've never been accused of anything. <laughs> Except publicly on a fucking plane wow. in front of everybody and like 12 other times. Um, and also publicly been accused She's of just not trying to gaslight. Yeah, again, mm-hmm. gaslighting. Hardcore That's gaslighting. That's not reality. So the cops are on to her, and they get creative about it. So they, they like, are seeing through all her shit, and uh, they charge her ass with uh, both first and second degree murder. And the reason for this is that, like, there's an issue here legally with proving intent, and that's the differentiator between first degree and second degree murder. So um, intent slash premeditation, mm-hmm. basically that... Um, to prove first-degree murder, they would have to prove that Brittany wanted Jaina to meet her at the store to murder her. And that's, it's hard to prove that. Mm-hmm. So right. going with a second-degree murder case is a little bit more of like, they got their things escalated, mm-hmm. um, and then she intentionally committed a violent crime that ended in murder. So it's a, it's a little bit, you know, the intention and the premeditation planning portion is the differentiator there. Um, but the trial didn't last very long. It actually only lasted eight days, which is pretty short. Uh, and Brittany was convicted wow. of first-degree murder on January 7th, wow. or 27th, 2012. So, uh, sentencing, final details. So, Brittany and her attorneys asked for a sentence of life with parole. <laughs> Brittany was all sad and desperate to plea, saying, like, I don't even ask about this for myself. I just want this for my family, especially my mom and dad. But... The judge was like, mm, bitch, no. He was very unmoved. She was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, which is mainly, like, a result of the aggravating factors in this case, like, just the brutality of it. The judge said it was uh, the most cold-blooded, brutal, calculated, deliberate, devious, and malicious crime he had ever seen. Uh, he referred to Brittany as a deeply troubled woman. And practically said he had no sympathy for her, so she can eat shit. <laughs> the public agrees. People started applauding when the verdict was handed down, and the judge there had to, like, go. call for order and get everybody to calm down. Wow. Like, yikes. So. For real, yikes. She, Brittany gave another statement after receiving her sentence, which is like, really, bitch? Do we really want to hear more from you? Like, we really don't, but too bad. She has things to of say. Of course. Uh, you're going to hear it. <laughs> She looks at Jaina's family. I don't know. And says, Before I go to prison, I needed you to hear how deeply sorry I am. Oh, no one cares. But her words were totally fucking lost on them. Mm-hmm. Each of them got to speak. It's called a victim impact statement, and they do it in sentencing. It doesn't really have a like any uh like statistically it doesn't have any sway mm-hmm. on the sentence mm-hmm. or how that's like brought down but what it does do is it gives the victim's family a mm-hmm. chance to fucking look yeah. that bitch in the face and say Good. whatever they want to in open court i don't know i feel like some of the most uh hardcore ones i've ever seen were uh Dahmer. When when there was a woman oh who uh, her brother was murdered by him, and she, I, it makes me cry every time I see it. I have chills right now thinking about it. Um, she loses her shit to the point where she, they had to restrain her. She was like ready to attack him, which no. I wish they would have let her. <laughs> I wish they would have let her just attack him, but of course they didn't. By the way, we have an episode on Dahmer. Oh yes, episode nine. Yes. Uh, 
I know, I know all she the episodes. I, I don't know how I know that, but yes, season one, episode nine, if you want to hear uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which that one's really intense. Um, so she makes this like very asshole statement, but the family gets to like come back and say what they want. They were all really emotional. They emphasized, you know, how nothing was going to bring Jaina back. Her brother kind of fucking mic dropped the shit out of everybody, which was pretty awesome. He was very intense. He was referencing quotes from the Old Testament. Perfect. Um, and Dante's Inferno from Greek mythology. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's a fantastic piece of literature. Um, very fascinating about all the different, like, I think it's like seven, I can't remember, seven or nine layers of hell. And like, what happens to different people in different levels of hell. And it's like Dante goes on a tour of the hell. Um, so yeah, he's like going real deep and getting real poetic with it, which is like really badass. It is like one true moment to do this. And, wow. um, a little bit of like kind of ending on a light, lighter note-ish here is Jane's family set up a scholarship foundation to commemorate her life and her legacy because she, you know, school and education are really important to her. So that, my friends, is the Lululemon murder, the story of uh, Brittany Norwood, and the tragic murder of Jaina Murray. So, mm-hmm. now that we've gone through the story, we're, I think Brittany. we're going to chart it up. Yep. We're, we're going to start with Brittany. Yep. We're going right. to chart this bitch. We're going to chart that bitch. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to chart that bitch? Uh, she is so. a bitch. We'll start with her. <laughs> That'll be good. Okay. Brittany Norwood, ugh, a very right. small murderer, a very small, aggressive, it feels like Chihuahua energy. Like, it is Chihuahua it's energy. It's like, that's what it feels like. Like feels angry, like, mean Chihuahua energy. Yeah, not that Chihuahua. No offense to, Chihuahua, to the sweet ones. No offense to the sweet ones, but, <laughs> you know, or we let's just say dachshund energy, because I have two dachshunds, and sometimes they can be real barky and aggressive, and they shouldn't be. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like Chihuahua. Speaking of, um, when we were hearing some jingling earlier from my dog Evelyn, we took a quick break and uh, went into my living room and there was a pillow completely gutted. I'm talking stuffing all over the floor. I'm talking like massive stuffing, fucking everywhere. So that's what she was doing. That's good times to discover that. <sighs> Puppies. Evelyn will be one year old this week. Also, that's so, like baby puppy. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you who go back, who have been listening, she she got the puppy. I we did. did. mentioned on the podcast, showed a picture, very sweet. I know. Evelyn was very much a planned experience that has been talked about a lot on this podcast. So. So you're the one for the ride. Yeah, you guys, you guys know her. You may love her. You may be irritated with her. <laughs> that's how we feel, too. I was say, that's, that's really the sentiment for everyone. All right, this Chihuahua bitch. Chihuahua bitch. All right. <laughs> she was born um, May 19th, 1982. We don't have a birth time for either of them, so we don't have houses. We don't have um, uh, vertex uh, or, yeah. Rising we don't have that stuff. Stuff either. Well, yeah, that would be with the house system. So that means oh. no rising. That means no midheaven. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. So we have... Um, her son and in Taurus cusping Gemini, which is 
Okay. But it's right on the cusp. That's right. It's right there. I do remember that now. Mm -hmm. I remember it really gets close because I was upset about it being a Taurus because I love Taurus energy so much. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) And then Moon and Aries, which is, again, the most common moon for fear of killers and killers. I really think that she would be a Gemini rising. Maybe. Maybe. I would love to see the houses if anyone can find a birth time. That but would I, be I cool. don't think that we will. I went deep in my research, um, so I don't know unless anybody <laughs> has access to her birth certificate. So if you're her parents and you're watching this, anyone who knows personally for some reason knows their birth times, please send them. Actually, yeah, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. But who is that person other um, than her parents? Um, <laughs> we have had people who've known. Um, we the have. killers directly reach out to us before. Oh, um, so. we had somebody comment that they went to school with Casey Anthony. And, oh yeah, and I was like, I and, need to talk to you, please. And another person who went to school with um, the Columbine. Mm-hmm. The Columbine. Yeah. yeah, it's super cool when you guys connect with us and tell us your personal stories. Love it. Like we love it. So yeah, if you have any connection, tell us. Oh, we also had the Gacy uh, with my friend Katie. Mm-hmm. Katie. Um, yeah, she had a, a close connection, like a two degrees of separation from John Wayne Gacy, which was a really cool story. So check that out. Too. Check that out. <laughs> All right. So back to Brittany Chihuahua. Um, <laughs> we have Sun and Taurus cusping Gemini. So also I just want to mention on her chart real quick. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of things in retrograde. We have, uh, Juno in retrograde, Neptune, Uranus, Ceres, Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn, Pallas. Um, that's it, Palestine. So that's several retrogrades going on. And um, they're not that, well, they are born in separate years. But when you flip over to um, Jaina's chart, she, her, she, all the stuff she has in retrograde is like flipped compared to huh. Brittany's. So they have different things they're introspective about, different um, things, planets working actively and things like that. So Okay, so when a planet retrogrades in your chart, is it kind of like it's on vacation and not like helping mm-hmm. you out? It's like that energy is not there it's, for you. Is that it's, kind of... it's there in a different way? It's more okay. of an inward type of way rather than an outward. Type. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Thank you. Yes, perfect. <laughs> I like hearing that what I say makes sense because sometimes I just there's a lot and it's hard to explain. Okay, <laughs> so Sun in Taurus, cusping Gemini. Um, Gemini, one of the things I always think about Gemini, um, is it kind of creates this, like, salesman fake persona thing that they can get into. Um, not that every Gemini has this, um, or a person with a lot of Gemini energy doesn't necessarily do this, but they can. So, like, they can use that energy in that way if they, if they get, they can get in the pattern of doing that really easy. I always feel like Gemini energy is really adaptable. It is. It feels very chameleon, very highly adaptable. Like they kind of adjust to situations, kind of to present, put their best foot forward, so to speak, and however they want. That's Uh kind of how it. Yeah, people say Gemini is like two faced, but really it's just like multiple faces. Like they can they can put on what they would need to do. Um, Almost kind of like a Pisces rising can do that too. I've heard that a lot about Pisces rising too, and that's really interesting. So. this is like that energy mixed with the Taurus material world energy where you're focused on um, comfort and the value of things, the worth of things, uh, what you possess in this world, how you find uh, stability in the physical plane. Um, and so having that, that focus on those two things, um, it can create like 
this this situation where you're trying to get um, that material earthly security in life and using that Gemini like uh, <laughs> I just pictured someone making a cake and like frosting you know so like Ooh, it's like the Gemini yeah. frosting on the Taurus cake um, I love this <laughs> like using that little extra Gemini um, icing to like make that happen um, adapt to the situation because Taurus is not known for being an adaptable energy. You know, they're very steadfast, uh-huh. very, people say stubborn, but um, really, like, they're very in, stuck in their way. Like, they are um, the bull. You know, they have their way of doing things, and that's what they're going to do. They're rooted in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that Gemini icing kind of, like, gives you that, like, pizzazz that lets you lets you do other things and manipulate things into your favor and adapt to different situations a little bit more on it's your like, feet. It could be a really helpful it could. energy it's if really it's used how in a positive you use, way. Yes, it's how you use it. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a really awesome mm-hmm. like tool to have in your toolkit, you know? Yeah. like. And it can also make her come off more like fun and energized. Uh, Gemini, solar energy, like expresses a bright curiosity about the world. Again, adaptable, witty, it can be fun-loving, uh, very communicative. Um like forward thinking like uh thinking about like being in the present but also thinking about what's coming up next um it can also create of these two energies together for her son can also create this focus on appearances and like scheming um Mm. and she also has mercury in gemini which adds to that gemini uh experience Jesus. Experience. Um, your chart is an experience, okay? I like that. Yeah. I like you're, the framework. You're in a human experience, and this is kind of the details of it, mapped out. Um, yeah, it, it can give her, like, a quicker mind um, just by having that there. Um, let's see. I wrote... There's also... I'm referring to some old notes here from the first recording. Which is tough With to some do. fresh ones. It's kind of hard for me to do it this way, but I'm sticking it out. Um, there's also a quincunx over to her south node and vertex. Well, if if her vertex is remotely accurate, but her her south node, uh, it can show she's stuck in the past um, in an old drama. Like always, like it's always gonna she's always gonna gonna get kicked back to that mindset. Um, just really gonna make it hard. Like she's gonna be fixated on those old things. Like she's um, that can cause a big problem. Um, there is a conjunction on her sun sign to Chiron. Um, and if you're not familiar with Chiron, it's an asteroid that shows your vulnerabilities, your traumas in life. Your, it's when you, when you have Chiron, wherever you have it, um, it shows a place where you were kind of down on your luck in life. Like it's not something that you did to yourself. It's, it's just something that happens in your life you're kind of meant to suffer in this area and overcome it and then be able to help others with that if you mm-hmm. if you go through with that healing in your life um i'm not sure if she did or has yet um but she has it conjunct her sun sign which is very difficult to have it conjunct your sun sign this shows your your trauma is on your own being on yourself on your personality Ugh. on your light that you shine for the that world um, yeah, so it's very, very <laughs> personal and direct, and it's not in—it's not even internal. It's like, it's like you have this gaping wound just on your general self. Like, mm. um, yeah, I—I I could also see it's really difficult for, um, you know, any kind of major conjunction on the chart. But 
having it on your sun sign is very difficult. Um, it can definitely bring up like depression and a lot of issues like that. Um, mm -hmm. But being in Taurus, it also shows she's she'll have at some point. It's usually an earlier the earlier part of your life that you that this hits. Um, she's gonna have some kind of feeling of that she was lacking material resources or felt ungrounded. This can also bring up body dysmorphia. Um, she'll want to gather resources and save a lot. She's gonna be really kind of desperate to have things. Um, uh, and that yeah. showed up a lot yeah. um, in a physical way, right? And it, it, you know, it's gonna show in her personality so much because it's like conjunct her sun sign. Um, to help with this type of thing, if you have this placement on your chart, um, therapy, any kind of therapy to heal the five senses, to really get back in touch with the body and feel safe and secure in the body, comfortable in the body, um, mm. taking care of the body. Um, it can also bring up health issues with the throat to have this. Um, so if you if you do experience issues with the throat, like take really good care of your throat. Um, any kind of grounding exercise is really great for this. Um, being able to physically see the comfort around you and do tactile things or, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll move on. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, see, off of her sometimes she has a, let's see, a trine to her Mars and Pallas, and this is one of the many things on her chart that leads to um, a quick temper and um, at, like it easily for her to be aggressive. Um, having that trine there shows a really, uh, really easy flow of energy uh, between her Mars, which is your fire and your passion and your warrior energy, um, uh, and uh, her being, her own being. So. Um, Let's see. Is there another aspect? And she also has a quincunx over to her um, Lilith and Neptune in retrograde. And I made a note about this. Um, that Lilith and Neptune in retrograde is in Sagittarius. And this is a lot about... Uh, Sagittarius generally wants to avoid conflict. Um, you know they're not they're not ones when you have your Mars here or something like that like or Lilith which is where I'm kind of going with this is Lilith is how you empower yourself right um, but in Sagittarius it's kind of like I'm gonna try to get around this you know <laughs> or I'm gonna <laughs> avoid this to get out of it or to empower myself through that situation and being right on Neptune in retrograde that shows a lot of trying to create uh, delusions around things um, so avoiding conflict conflict by manipulation and lies <laughs> and she's really fixated and in that energy and fantasy mm -hmm. land yeah she's yeah. um so that's just great for her um God. we have her moon over there in aries and this is really mm, I, I he always forget that i can swear yeah <laughs> you here. can say the fuck word mm -hmm. if you feel like the fuck that. words you can say all the fuck words. Yeah, all the fuck words. This is a fuck word podcast <laughs> now. <laughs> the fuck word podcast. All right. So, really fucking intense here with the moon in Aries, conjunct Venus, and conjunct Pholus. And if you remember much about Pholus, it leads to an exaggeration of wherever it is. So, um, it's already an exaggeration of the Aries energy here, and an exaggeration of it on her moon, and an exaggeration of it. It's like exponentially like 
throwing this out on itself. Um, having your moon conjunct Venus, it really shows that you, um, like what you care about and uh, value, um, let me see, like your emotions are really strongly tied to what you care about and value. Uh, also, obviously, romantic type of situations. Um, but it's about your instinctive emotional expression and processing. Mm -hmm. um, how you receive and perceive loving energy and relationships. And um, it kind of makes me wonder how she really... Uh, her foundation for love, her series is a reign of Scorpio. In, in retrograde so it makes me think maybe in her childhood or something like maybe that was very aggressive type of love that she witnessed or I'm kind See, of curious what what her found what her idea of that is like yeah. what it makes me wonder what she's like out in the dating Mm -hmm. world you know like what were her relationships like nobody a hot aggressive mess because nobody uh, came forward and made, at least not that I could find in any of the articles mm -hmm. or the, any of the pieces that I read in the personal accounts, mm -hmm. it was no, like, former boyfriend. So I'm wondering if maybe she was just so aggressive that she didn't actually have long-term. I don't know. That would kind of be my assumption, mm -hmm. just based off of kind of her energy and her personality. A lot of, of intensity. Like, and there's a quintunx from Ceres to her Venus, and so I feel like she's not really going to feel comfortable in her relationship, at least not easily. And mm -hmm. Anyways. Um, interesting to think about. It is interesting. I'm curious about it. Like, as you were talking about it, I was thinking that, too. Like, I wonder <laughs> what she's like. Yeah, and what was modeled mm -hmm. for her. Like, what did, what is her mm -hmm. interpretation of love and, how, and, like, how a loving relationship should be? Mm -hmm. Like, having that series in Scorpio shows, like, this, in retrograde, too, like, a power struggle kind of dynamic or, like, mm. but then she's so aggressive and that intensity from Scorpio and, like, wanting to have a deep, like, connection to somebody, but then at the same time, is she going to even allow that with her other placements? So it's like... Yeah. Um, Do you think it's with her, with that placement, would you say it's maybe more of an internal struggle, or do you think it is aggressive outwardly, like, towards a partner? Or is, like, can you kind of tell that if it's, like, an internal versus external? I don't know if that shows I would up. say her aggression I'm just is... Curious. Her aggression is definitely external. Okay. Um... I don't, I don't think she, there's even, like, a whim for her to try to keep it in, you know? <laughs> okay, all right, that answers like, my question, just kind yeah. of based on what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. I just really am curious what you're, like, mm -hmm. putting feelers on it, like, where, where you kind of are reading that. Yeah, like, I don't think that there's, with her chart, there's not a lot of, like, forethought with her aggression. Okay. Um, it like, just is impulsive, which yeah, I feel it's, that it's impulsive, impulsive vibe from her mm -hmm. anyway, but... Yeah, just absolutely. To get your thoughts. Yeah, this is gonna be like a quick trigger type of person. Like okay. she's got the short the fullest there. Um, her moon. So anytime the moon is in Aries, it's kind of like everything gets this. Every emotion gets this like layer of anger with it. Like, hey, you get to deal with that. You're the child. <laughs> it's like yeah, we'll see how that goes. She's very little right now, but yeah, that's gonna be fun in the teenagers. <laughs> but you know, Aries can also be fun loving and like. That's so we'll I like Aries. Um, playful, a little youthful type of thing. Um, a little bit of immaturity associated with that, but uh, you know, pros and cons to everything. Um, she's having generally having your moon in Aries. Um, it can make you, you know, your internal self then is more aggressive, fresh, outspoken. Um, she's you know, lively. <laughs> 
brash. You got to be aware of brash and um, impulsive actions. Uh, more likely to act out of this heightened, bold, and fiery independence. Mm-hmm. Um, out of a out of this priority on independence, though, expect acts of courage uh, and strength to come through as well. Uh, also, that they're less likely to have emotional grudges because um, huh. okay. it kind of it's kind of like a a spark of a fire with Aries. Uh, so it's like it goes out. Like you get it all out, so there's no reason mm-hmm. to hold on to it. Yep. That's actually kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Like it's it just is. Such yeah, an that's, that's, a, that's a pro. Like you might get angered more easily and quicker, but you're not going to hold on to it the same way. Huh. Um, with her Taurus sun sign, she might hold on to it a little bit more, um, but it's it's cusping Gemini, so it's kind of. Mm. Anyways, she. Uh, where was I? Okay, I think. That's enough on her moon. Well, she does have squares to her north and south node, so we can tell that her her aggressive emotional tendencies really uh, are a major conflict and challenge for, toward her life path. So she's holding herself back. Like, this is something that she is going to need to overcome to move forward with her life. Um, at this point, I don't know, she might have just taken it too far. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, if, she, if she does... Her North Node is in um, Cancer. So this is a lot about her learning how to feel things <laughs> in a healthy way. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like she did. I don't feel like she got... Maybe she will in prison. We'll see. Maybe in prison. Maybe that is like... Maybe that's how. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is like... The, <laughs> I don't know. Because it, it's... Uh-huh. It can also just make her become more and more crabby. We'll see. <laughs> more like, and more crabby. Like literally crabby in Cancer, yeah. Um... <laughs> folded like really making faces you think she's a cut in prison <laughs> i kind of i'm sure i want to sure. talk but to she's her she's so selfie. small i don't know um <laughs> she's small but she's aggressive as hell mm-hmm. and i don't know if they let her lift weights she's probably i could see her being like trying to be the most intimidating also again because of her size who knows uh-huh. yeah we'll who knows <clears throat> um let's see if there's anything else on her chart we want to mention I think I'm going to move forward because I have some obscenistry notes too. So I'm going to move forward to. That's right! Um, Jaina. Jaina. Jaina, baby. She has such a different energy. Like, it's Completely different. Completely different. Well, as soon as I shifted over to talking about her, it's just everything softens mm-hmm. so much from that really hard, really like packing a mm-hmm. punch energy. That chihuahua energy mm-hmm. versus like I don't even know like black lab energy, the like golden retriever energy. Like it feels very much like sweet and it is. I agree with you and lovely. Like it feels nurturing. So. I like how we've related them both to dogs in this episode. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know. It just feels it feels right. We need to give them all a dog from now on. Yes, okay. we're gonna give everybody. Or, or do you like animal. it? We're giving all. We're giving everybody spirit animals from <laughs> now on. Perfect. Um, something interesting is you know she was born on um, November twenty second, nineteen eighty. So she was born on a repeating number, and she died on March eleventh, which is another uh, twenty two oh. and an eleven. I just think that's cool, interesting. Personally. 
2011. Anyway. Wow. I know. It's a lot of, she's got repeat so numbers you going could, on. You could do a lot of numerology stuff on that. I'm not great at numerology. I'd love to know more about it. It's one of the things that's like on my list of list of uh, items I can to show work you on. Some stuff. Please do. I okay. like it. I like it. So, on Jaina's chart, um, her sun is in Sagittarius. The first, not even a whole degree in. She's cusping Scorpio, um, and then her moon is in Gemini. Um, right off the bat, like. The, quote, the quotes that you got about her, people mm-hmm. that are talking about her, fearless, um, comfortable, and happy, I think you said. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that, she's got this grand trine on her sun. And it's like, her sun sign, trining Phobos, which is bringing an exaggeration of everything, um, trining Ceres. So it's like, this nice, loving, Aww. bright, um, excitement for life, um, really exaggerated energy, like just her, her own personality is like really like out there and loving. Um, like I can really see that too. And having that Sagittarius energy, uh, kind of does bring with this like fearless element into mm-hmm. your personality too. I really like I that. that was so you're ready to go on an endeavor with Sagittarius. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then she's got, oh, it's so great. It's so nice. It's a nice little... It makes it just time. even sadder. Like, I know it does. What happened to her? I'll, like, I'll her make you real sad. Here we go. I know. <laughs> oh, okay. um, Sagittarius cusping Scorpio. Um, Sagittarius. It's this desire to reach out to the world and connect with something larger than ourselves. Um, it's a sign of opportunity, luck, long travel. Whether that's uh, like an you know endeavor, endeavor, and a journey. Whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, you know, this can really show like a like looking for higher education in a lot of circumstances, especially trying to figure something out, kind of like with that Scorpio influence. Um, Cusping Scorpio provides a lot some uh, intensity, stability to the Sagittarius lifestyle, <laughs> um, edge, some sexuality, like an investigative nature, uh, willing to go through transformations in life. Um, let's see. I got my notes that I just mentioned that Grand Trine with a little heart. That's what I did. Oh. Uh, it deserves that heart. It is. Very it's not very sweet. often I type out a heart. <laughs> it's really sweet energy. Mm-hmm. Less than three. I oh. feel like I would have really liked Jaina a lot. I feel like she's somebody I would have been friends with. and that. Oh, yeah. Super sweet. I can, yeah, I see a lot of sweet. She things. seems like my kind of person. Also a committed person, you know? She's got Mars in Capricorn, which isn't the, like, it's cusping Sagittarius. So it's not always loving being in Capricorn, um, but having that Sagittarius influence makes it not as bad, and so she that can really bring on this um, dedication for accomplishments, um, goal, big goal-oriented, um, with that MBA, you can see that mm-hmm. as well, um, and that Neptune and Sagittarius can also make her like a big, a big picture dreamer, like, you know, really looking to see how far she can go with things. Um, motivated. You can see if she really had to work hard for what she wanted to do. Because yeah. um, she has Saturn conjunct Jupiter. Um, talking about Saturn before we get to the moon. <laughs> and I, mean, I know, I heard, I heard the noise a little bit. <laughs> okay. um, Saturn conjunct Jupiter, it's, it's kind of like this back and forth thing. Like, 
Because, okay, Saturn is restriction and limitation and having to follow the rules to make things happen, having to work for your rewards. Where Jupiter is like luck, abundance, gifts, uh, benevolence, like growth, expansion. So you're like, it's it, Jupiter things are typically the things that just happen for you. Um, like, okay. just out of, you know, existing and like, wow, the universe is taking care of me, you know. That's a um, lovely place. But having it with Saturn, oh, that noise Sorry, I just hit my foot. Um, <laughs> We're paranoid about technology right now, you guys. Uh, uh, Saturn, anyway, Saturn on here. Um, it's like everything that just comes to you, you're going to have to work for. And everything that you're going to work for is also kind of, also gifted to you. So it's kind of like this weird conjunction to have on a chart. And then okay. Libra, Libra being ruled by Venus and like uh, being about partnerships and your shadow side. And it's really just like, it kind of, it's like a little bit of a backwards take on how you how you take steps towards your goals um it's i could see it as a blessing and a curse you know what i mean yeah um it feels like it's like your actions have to always be in line with your goals and you have to Mm -hmm. always be like taking the right steps and doing the next thing and being like on top of it Mm -hmm. like that capricorn energy and that Mm -hmm. mars energy you were talking about and then it's like and like you might feel like a lot of hard work but then like the rewards are still coming Mm -hmm. that's the energy that i feel Mm -hmm. like from that yeah, and, I, and I relate to it. <laughs> I feel yeah, like that's... I, I thought you might. So you have um, a lot of interesting things here, but show, her showing basically that she is moving towards her goals and doing what she needs to do. Um, and she cares about her future. She's got um, Venus, uh, Quintile, her North Node. So she's like creatively coming up with ways and, and Lilith and Pluto. So she's creatively coming up with solutions to keep herself moving towards her life path and like keep herself on the right track. Um, even when mentally she might kind of have struggles, maybe some kind of like imposter syndrome could have come up or something, Mm -hmm. or like she has a mercury square, um, or something mentally, some kind of mental block, maybe like, uh, it's her mercury's in Scorpio. So maybe something feeling like, um, what she wanted to do was like taboo or maybe something that she, I'm not sure exactly what how that manifested. If I could see the house, I think I'd have a little bit more information on that, but she um yeah she could have she anyways <laughs> I was like I almost kind of my mind thought moved too fast I lost it um so I need to go back to her moon we haven't even talked about her moon her oh yeah moon is trying that Jupiter Saturn conjunction um and trying her south node um and then sextile her north node um so that shows um an emotional a nice flow from like her past and her um being able to reflect on the past but in a positive way if that makes sense so it's not somebody who's stuck in the past like the quincunx that (laughs) britney has to her south note Mm -hmm. this is a trine where um it's in a it's usually more beneficial to have this type of aspect to your south note um, and still supporting, it still supports moving forward, if that makes sense. Um, her moon being in Gemini, again, Gemini moons, they, it's kind of like that really adaptive inner self, um, logic loving, charming, okay. uh, witty, Busy. These are, these are often really busy-minded people or um, 
some of these people have insomnia because they have a hard time getting their minds to slow down and, and calm and shut, shut up. Shut off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of inner talk, a lot of inner dialogue with the Gemini moon. Um, this can also be like an anxious type of placement to have if you, you know, your mind's always kind of running, like mm-hmm. even maybe like running different perspectives and things, maybe when it doesn't need to. Um, multitasking, um, she's maybe, you know, more inclined to lean to the practical. Um, these are people that air moons generally all they uh, they think about their feelings more than they feel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the sun in Sagittarius, like, the rest of that will just burn off. <laughs> so, like, uh, a lot of thought on how she's feeling can be um, just a lot of thinking about that. Um, critical thinking. Um, more focused on the close, like, inner circle, c- like, close communities. Um, let's see. There's a square to her Vesta, so this could show um, a little bit of a conflict between how she feels and what she's really devoted to in this life and her kind of morals in this life. So she's, there's also a square from there to her sun sign. So there's some kind of conflict that she had, um, maybe feeling like what she wants to do isn't Like isn't always the best for her or something. It had to. There's some kind of challenge that she was gonna have to overcome with that. Her best is in Virgo. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And her I wonder Chiron, what that would have been. You know. Mm-hmm. Her Chiron is in Taurus as well, but it's in retrograde. So the the feelings that she had coming up around insecurity and. Uh, lacking comfort and lacking self-worth or possibly body dysmorphia um, a lot of that is more internal for her where for Brittany it was it was able to be externalized much easier Um, it also slows down your Chiron when it's in retrograde so she might not have really addressed it as much as Brittany maybe was addressing it if that makes sense yeah Uh, because she might have been a little bit like behind on the path of dealing with your Chiron. <laughs> well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, do I have any more notes on her? Oh, um, her Venus and her Lilith are in Libra conjunct. Um, and this brings empowerment through being loving. <laughs> um, Venus can be bitchy. So, there, you know, there could be some tendencies to be a little bitchy, um, but in Libra, it's it's a pretty pleasant space, a pretty pleasant vibe for that to be taking mm-hmm. on. Um, so more likely, I could see her doing the kill with kindness thing. Ha! <laughs> I, I I mean, I like that approach. I feel like that's I'm not confrontational, so I feel like I, I like I can get on board with that approach pretty easily. <laughs> Some sinistry notes I had on them. Yay, I love the sinistry. It's been a while <laughs> since we've had a sinistry, I think. Well, we got it now. Probably Columbine was the last one. Episode 10? I know it's episode 10, but I'm pretty sure that's the last time huh. we did a sinistry. Well, here we go. Here we go. It's um, a special treat. 
We don't get a lot of opportunities to really do it like this because we did like uh, Gypsy Rose and her mom. We did the Ken and Barbie Killers, mm -hmm. uh, Columbine, and now this. You know, like it takes the two very directly related where it would make sense to do that. So, yeah, I like doing the Sinistries. I like hearing about the Sinistry. I just think it's cool to see how it, like the interactions. <laughs> if um, if you get readings from me. Um, and I end up pulling multiple, like if you pull yours and then you get one for your boyfriend and then get one for your kid or get one for people related yeah. to you, I'll probably add in some sinistry just off the cuff. And I, she's so I end great up, at it. I end it's up so like, because cool. these thoughts will come up and I just like have to say them in the reading. So I'm like, oh yeah. And then your sun sign is right where their thing was. And then blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're so good at You get a little that. bonus material. Naturally. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> okay. So right away, you can see that their suns are in opposition. Um, opposite sun signs, opposite vestas. Um, yeah, I feel like they did not have much in common. They're, they're kind of almost showing each other their shadows, um, their shadow sides. They're not... Um, they, what, what one of them is about, the other one is not about. It's <laughs> probably maybe the easiest way to say it. <laughs> yeah, they don't seem like they would be, like, naturally gravitating to, like, be friends. Like, the only reason they're in contact is because they both fucking work at Lululemon. Mm -hmm. I guess opposites like, can attract, but really, like, their vests are in opposition, too. So, like, their morals, their, their, what their, what, what they feel in life is most important at a deep soul level is opposite. Like, <laughs> it's not the same. Um, so for Jaina, hers is in, her, her vest is in Virgo. And so for her, it's like, um, I, she really cares about things being done in um, a caring way, um, sticking with the routine, doing what you're supposed to do, doing things the right way, um, you know, having this kind of earthly intuition and um, being of service, where <laughs> um, Brittany's is all the way across the chart in Aquarius. And it's, it's more about uh, doing things, being an individual, um, thinking of big, you know, big picture kind of stuff. Like you're thinking about, especially if you're manipulative and you have like stuff in Aquarius, it's more, it, you're kind of on the mindset of, well, big picture, if I do this, it's not really going to affect that much in the grand scheme of things, you know? Um, so you're more thinking like, how can I do this differently, my own way? Um... <laughs> Let's see. A better way. My way. Because <laughs> um, it's about innovation and being an individual. Um, you know, it's 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 that cold, colder cat-like thing. You want to be of service, but it's more like if you're going to do that, it's for the collective. So it's not... As long as she, you know, her... She's not thinking... They're not thinking the same way. They're going to definitely, like, rub each other the wrong way with that. Mm -hmm. Um... In addition, uh, those, oh, man, <laughs> they have palace in opposition. Palace is when you have to make, palace shows how you come, how you approach situations that are, that bring up tough decisions, uh, where there's not a clear right or wrong answer. Um, something is bad in each outcome, you know, <laughs> stuck between a rock and a hard place or like a double-edged sword kind of thing. Like there's. When they have to make the hard decisions, they're doing it in opposite ways. Um, okay. So wow. that's another thing that's going to clash. Uh, there's Mars are squared. Mars square Mars. So again, like 
that's just whenever you see that people are gonna fight okay like they're arguing at least or if it's not or or getting physical and with them it was physical and you know who started that so (laughs) i feel like i just like wonder what it was like to be a co-worker on shift with those two it's like oh god i don't want to work with the two of them because the the energy Mm -hmm. like you could just probably feel Mm -hmm. like I almost want to... disdain between... Yeah, I think a disdain would be a good word, because I don't know how much they would be confronting each other. I could I could feel like probably Jaina would probably avoid... I think they might avoid each other unless they, like, had to... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I feel like Brittany probably was, like, a loner. I honestly, like, working there, like, even though it seems really culty, I feel like she probably would have been... She's pissing everybody off. Yeah, so. like a little bit more pushed to the mm-hmm. outside of the circle. You know what I mean? She was not in uh-huh. the like inner circle in my like no. way I perceive it. Uh-uh. I bet she was so intense in those fucking fitness classes too. I bet everybody was like, good God. <laughs> or maybe she's teaching them and doing great. I don't know. I don't see that, but anyway. I don't see that. So, more speculation. Mm-hmm. On I, my can, part. I can also see like a little bit of Jaina bringing out the spontaneity in Brittany. Uh, since her sun sign, uh, Jaina's sun sign is conjunct Brittany's Uranus in retrograde in Sagittarius. So it's it's like, that's, that's the part of you that is like quick to change. It's unpredictable. Um, you kind of, so having her sun sign be right in that same spot can kind of bring that out in her when they're around each other. Kind of so Got she's it. more likely to be sporadic when when they're together. Um, so it's, it's just really interesting to see on the charts there. Um, I think that's all my notes. They're definitely ticking each other off and uh, weren't about the same type of things. So I can... Uh feel that and of course <laughs> with the way this story ended like mm-hmm. it completely this is a terrible story it is that's not that's not the end of the chart i think so i think we okay. charted the bitch we charted the bitch and then we charted a sweet we sweet did, girl did, we did done it we done did done it and that friends is the lululemon murder and I hope you enjoyed uh, the story. I hope you enjoyed the sinistry reading and the chart stuff. Um, check us out. We are on all the platforms now. We're on every uh, podcast platform under the sun. Mm-hmm. All the Spotify's, all the Apple music, all the things. YouTube, if you're watching us visually. <laughs> um, seems like we got through it with no tech issues this time, which is fantastic for us. Um, again, thank you for your patience. Our next episode is going to be a Halloween episode. And for those of you who voted on Instagram and like participated on the story, mm-hmm. thank you so much. We have a winner. We know what story we're doing. And it's one that you guys picked that y'all told us you wanted to hear. So we're going to give that to you. Um, of course, this has been fun trying to squeeze in two episodes when we like already recorded one. We should be recording the Halloween episode right now, but you know. It'll be happening very soon. We're going to get it done on time for you guys. That's our commitment to you. Um, also, Patreon. If you mm-hmm. would uh, like to support us on Patreon, see some more in-depth research. Mm-hmm. We have some other cool ideas that we uh, want to do kind of early next year, end of this year. So, um, yeah, please support us if you like our content and enjoy what you're hearing and you want some more. We will give you more content. 
Um, and yeah, I am on Instagram as well, mm-hmm. at Britt underscore Oakley. Mm-hmm. And I'm at Erica Rose, and the podcast is at Dark Alignment. At Dark Alignment. We so, post a weekly killer chart. We do. On there. So I find, whatever season it is, I find a killer that is, uh, right now it's Libra season. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been finding some really cool Libra killers. You gotta check them out. And she does a really cool blurb, like, assessment of their chart. And, like, it's it's really it's really good. So you can check that out anytime. It's just living on our Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, guys, thank you again for all of your support. And uh, we will see you next time for a spooky episode for Halloween. So Freaks. Uh, take care and love yourselves. Be awesome. Goodbye. Bye.